You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Bandwagon Nerds is taped in front of a live studio audience. Again, fellow basement dwellers, nerds of all kind, welcome back into another excellent edition of Bandwagon Nerds here on this lovely Monday morning or Kayfabe Sunday, if you really want to get detailed about it. I am your host for the next couple of weeks, the lawyer Dave Unger here, Patrick O'Dowd, out for a couple of weeks. I believe he told you guys about that last week, that it was a time of year that he gets busy at work and he's required to work on Sundays. No breaks for that guy, so... You guys are stuck with me for a couple weeks. I'm sorry. I apologize in advance. But anyway, this is, of course, Bandwagon Nerds. I am not alone here today. Still kind of a stripped down version of the bandwagon a little bit. It won't be quite as stripped down as last week was, where Patrick and I set a land speed record for Bandwagon Nerds episode at clocking in at under an hour and a half. Shocking. I know. But here today, I've got uh, two of my best partners in crime. I've, of course, got my very bestie the best friend of the attitude of aggression, the bestie of just, you know, my golf consigliere, <laughs> the one and only PC Tunney, the live studio audience. How are you doing, Tunney? Other than soundboard issues, of course. Yeah. What are you going to do? Skype. I even, I sent out a tweet to Skype, told him to fuck off and then I deleted it. <laughs> but yeah, go back and listen to the 20 minute episode of TWI from Friday. It was mediocre. Tw- 20 minutes. Really? 22 minutes. All PC Tunney. Wow. Just flying solo? Where you, you could have always just picked up the phone and proverbially no, called I, me. I, I know. I, I bitched out the entire cast of DWI, hung up on them, recorded 22 minutes on my own, and then texted them all. I was sorry a half hour later. 
Wow. All right. I I got to make sure I check out that episode. That might be a a, a can't misser. Speaking of can't missers, we got uh, welcoming him back into the show, the one and only, the Reverend Ray Cash. Ray, how are you doing, man? Ravens looking okay so far. Yeah, they haven't um, played. They oh, haven't sorry, played. That, that was a sorry, that was a Browns joke. <laughs> uh, you know, with the kings of preseason history, we just don't lose in the preseason. That's we true. actually is over to the to the regular season, um, but I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Um, it's been a while since I've been able to get on here. By the way, uh, shout out to two Jews and a white guy today. Well, Ray, I don't know if Tony qualifies as a Jew, but you know that's Aesop. Tony's the white guy. Tony oh, is the white guy. Clear. Okay, are, are you, you Jewish? Jewish did you convert? I just didn't know. Honorarily, yes, honorarily. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, Ray. Uh, let me let Thank me send you. you a yarmulke, you know, so I can get that over to you. And, and I, I'm sure you will appreciate it. It would be it'll look good on you. Absolutely. It will look Thank great you. on you. So can I can I have a bar mitzvah at 34? Absolutely. I don't All know right, if you want to get the, the whole the whole Brits sort of aspect of things. If you haven't had that done before, because that might not be pleasant. 34. But, you know. We're good there. You don't have to worry about that. We're good there. All right. <laughs> yeah, technically, we're all Jewish like that. You know what I'm saying, right? From birth, that was good there. The real good. question is, is Ray... Ka- no, none of us are virgins. So, I mean, there you go. I mean, that's going to be a recurring theme on this episode. Who's a virgin and who's not? I don't think any of us qualify. Well, you know, me and you probably got not, kids. Probably not, probably not for a long time, Dave. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> Some of us weren't on ice for 70 years. Anyway, that's a little foreshadowing that we are we are going to talk a little bit about She-Hulk. We even got the blessing from the master himself. Patrick O'Dowd said we could talk She-Hulk today because you know how <gasps> you know how he this cast this cast right here, this particular cast of bandwagon nerds fucked. Yes. All the time. <laughs> uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit you know pat doesn't like to review multiple shows and we're but we're gonna talk a little she hulk and some other stuff going on but we are gonna of course kick this episode off by getting into the show that we are reviewing regularly umbrella academy season three episode five um so <laughs> allison definitely starting to rise on my list of people that i don't particularly like anymore because she rumored Luther in this episode, fellas. I never thought I would see that happen. And then got a little bit more what she bargained for when Luther went um, a little bit uh, aggressive on her there. You know, you get what you asked for. What did you guys think of? Uh, I mean, we'll break down the episode a little bit, the, the most important parts of it. But let's start off with Allison rumoring Luther. What is what is going on with Allison? And is she just beyond repair at this point? Ray, what do you think, man? So um, I'm the only one of us three, four, if you count Patrick, five, if you count Aesop, who um, has actually seen the whole series. Hold on so, a hold, hold. so, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm one of the few, one of the uh, only, I'm the only person I believe in this group, the three or four or five of us, if you count Patrick and Aesop, who's actually seen the whole series already. So I kind of gave you all some foreshadowing that Alice was about to lose her goddamn mind this season. And so the beauty of good of a good villain or a good bad guy is the best ones are normally justified in what they're doing. If you really look at Allison and what she's lost, she lost a baby when they went back, when they uh, had to go back and get back in time. And then 
she met the love of her life, but had to go through the civil war, not civil war, but civil rights all over again. And then gave him up to go try to find her baby again and then lost both of them. So like she's dealing with a whole lot of repressed trauma. And also more, most importantly, I think to the whole kind of, you know, the whole full circle situation with her, she was the only one of the seven who actually had, well, six, no, no disrespect to Ben, but he's dead. Um, Who actually had her shit together. Everybody else was kind of screwed up in their own ways. Victor, Vanya, we know what the deal with that was. Klaus, Diego, like all of them were messed up. She was the only one who had her, had her mind together. So I think the irony is actually very beautiful if you think about it from a storytelling perspective that finally all the other five are in good places. They're working as a family. They're all getting along. Diego is a good dad. Who would have thought that? You know what I'm talking about? Luther's in love and leading five is like actually getting along with, and she's the one who's losing her mind. It's interesting to me. Um, but is she justified? No, clearly she's not. And I think with all of the messed up things that have happened in the two seasons in this one, the worst possible thing I've seen happen is her forcing Luther on herself. Cause number one, you don't break that kind of trust. And number two, it makes you wonder because I've always wondered, who has, like, she clearly, to know she has the power to rumor, she clearly has to have used it a lot more than the show has let on. Luther's been in love with her since they was kids. Mm-hmm. Did she rumor him the first time? Is that well, why he was in love yeah. with her? That's the what makes it so bad, though, right? It's like he kind of, he let her go when she had someone else and other things, right? And they had that nice moment, I think, season one, that was the end of their kind of relationship, I thought. But she's been borderline using this shit the wrong way the whole time. She rumors her daughter to fucking sleep. Like, dude, can't do that shit, right? That's why she I lost mean, custody, yeah. I mean, so, you know, she's she's been on the edge. I mean, understandably so, but not justifiably, right? Um, it, it is a nice dynamic turn that, it, you know, they got it together, they don't. I thought it was interesting I don't know. I'll stop there and let you comment on the rest of that topic, Dave, before we start branching off into all these other stories that happened this no, week. I, I think, you know, it's 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 heartbreaking to see where Luther and Allison were at one point and to see where they kind of end up in this episode. And even Luther kind of tries to bring her back from the edge where don't you do dare do this to me. And and she keeps and she goes forward with it anyway. And, you know, Allison on the one hand, can't really accept that Luther could love anybody other than her. I think that had a lot to do with whatever she was doing. And, 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 you know, she even says, you're leaving me for somebody you met like five minutes ago, that sort of thing. Um, so it's, it's heartbreaking. Like you're saying, Ray, it's, it's understandable what she's going through and why she's lashing out in this way. It's not justifiable, but cause you even see yeah. Luther cares about her her in a different way in this episode that he's very concerned when she shows up and she's got scars and she's been, you know, beaten up a little bit. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a tragic sort of thing. That's for sure. But go ahead, Ray. Well, I was going to say it's a power dynamic. So number one, for all of his misgivings, Luther has always been a caring individual, right? Sometimes and many times to a fault. Much so. Yeah. Yeah. But kind of the, the the one thing that you could bank on with the umbrellas is they all had their own patterns that they dealt with, right? Diego was got all of them were kind of um, 
crazy in their own way, so to speak, right? Diego was was physically violent. Klaus was going to get high. You know, um, Vanya Victor would go do their own thing and be lost. Like, everybody was in their own world, right? So when Luther sees her out, going outside her comfort zone, the, there's two people that would notice that something was wrong with Allison. And the two people that noticed were the two people that said something, Victor and Luther. But it, it's a power dynamic. I mean, how many times have you seen, seen a person in this particular sense, a woman who doesn't want to be with you or doesn't want to be with a guy, but doesn't want you to be with somebody else because they want to know that you're, that they could always count on you being their puppet. Yeah, you don't want and me, Luke, but you don't want anybody else to have me. I, I exactly. Think all of us have probably said that to a female at some point in our life. Or been, or had that said to us. Yeah, exactly. That too. Yeah, exactly. So, so Luther was always Allison's puppet because Luther always was the good child who did what he was told. Stayed on the moon all those years because daddy said stay on the moon. Came back, didn't wild out, didn't lose his mind, followed what he was supposed to follow. They go back in time to the 60s. He goes and works for Jack Ruby and does what he's supposed to do. He's always been that guy. So, you know, love is the strongest drug of all of them. So, yeah, it, it's a power dynamic. And and I think that's why he was so crushed when she broke that. Because I think he realized for the first time, you never really cared about me in the first place. You never cared. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and that's, it's sad, but it is what it is. I mean, and it, it kind of comes, you know, keep it on the Allison topic at the end of this whole thing where there's an agreement made that they're going to turn over Harlan. Victor's going to turn mm-hmm. over Harlan to the Sparrows so that they can work together to defeat the Kugel Blitz. Um, and ultimately, Harlan leaves with Allison, which I haven't seen episode six, but I can't imagine that's going to end very well based on where she is mentally right now. So uh, Harlan, of course, can take care of himself that unless he's rumored and then he can't. Uh, you know, we saw like, a little bit of a Harlan Victor showdown in this episode, which ended in a stalemate. But, um, I, you know, are you guys... And Ray, you've already seen it, so maybe I'll just ask Tony because he hasn't seen it. Tony, are you concerned about Harlan leaving with Allison to apparently be delivered somewhere, or are you? I don't know. Any more concerned than this giant red ball of lightning in somebody's basement? Concern? I mean, there's concern all over this. Right? Um, no, I mean it's just another path uh, to to the end of the season. An interesting kind of. Obviously, Victor and Harlan could have just left and got it over with and come right back and but allison had to you know jump in there so i'm not sure where that's all going i'm not really sure you know we haven't gotten to it yet but i think the key is not saving the world i really think so and by the way i love that klaus found out that he can just die and come back hold on hold on hold on Now, now let's let me let me let's jump into the klaus thing so Everybody's been waiting for Wolverine to show up in the MCU. No one expected him to show up in Umbrella Academy. And there he <laughs> is, right? Healing, he's got healing powers. He cannot die. Uh, all these near-death experiences were actually real experiences, but he just gets resurrected, um, which makes you wonder why Diego, I mean, has, haven't they lived through that? Maybe they haven't seen it before, hey. but... Hey, we're playing a game. What's it called? Uh, Rugman. Hmm. I hope you win. Yeah, I hope you win. <laughs> I laugh so hard at that. That's great. Um, yeah. So Klaus, I, I, I'm glad that you know is his 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 relationship, and I guess you know 
his version of death is sitting there riding a 10 speed bike, pointing him in the right direction. Um, I guess, I don't know what it is, but yeah. What do you guys think of Klaus uh, in, a, in, I guess maybe if he was like Deadpool and got beheaded, that'd be tough to regenerate from, but otherwise, uh, well, go ahead. Yeah. Reanimation first, is not regeneration, two different the, powers. First, uh, first question Diego's kid asked him too, by the way, what if we cut off your head? Right. Exactly. For, for the record. So let, it's important to know that all seven of them have powers, but Colossus' power never helped anybody. So it's good to know how it could help, right? At least to a certain extent. But the fact that Stan killed this motherfucker is hilarious to me. That is by far one of the funniest things in the entire show. <laughs> and then he tries to clean it up. You're and dissolve the body <laughs> like an episode of Break, like Breaking Bad. It's like, it's like season one of Breaking Bad. You're going to dissolve the body? <laughs> Oh god! But Love all this kid, does lead to that door, and that's where Diego and Lila—that's what they're going to be doing next week—is exploring oh, the that door, door behind the pachinko machine that opens up. But they're too busy reconciling sexually well, to uh, yeah. You know, that's you know when the end of worlds are out, hey, and you're being a good dad. I tell you what, women on. Diego's not a virgin, so uh, anyway, uh, and neither's Lila. So there you go. It's uh yeah what what is behind the door I know I I've already kind of read the synopsis for the next episode so I know they're gonna go on a white bison room adventure um we'll see where that ends up but uh, <laughs> five <laughs> discovers uh through because Klaus was it Klaus recognized the tattoo right that yes. that that uh, five cuts off of his uh, deceased older self and it's the uh what is it the mothers of what it, what it, what were they called again ray the mother something mothers of agony or something agony. like that mother agony yeah. or something like that anyway but five goes and tracks us down to some biker club and and he goes in there in the members only area and there's pogo doing some tattoo work on somebody and and he's like i've been looking for you and that's where the episode ends so you know <laughs> maybe pogo's the secret to the whole damn thing i don't know i i will tell you this if I can give you one, uh, you know, if I can, if I can give you one tease for the next episode, the the reason, no, 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 you, you're not, it's not gonna hurt anything. I promise. You can put it back on. It's okay, Tony. PC Tony has taken off his headphones because he wants to not hear any teases. Just, just, I'm just saying, when you see this, what happened with Pogo and why he ended up there, is like really interesting and is really important to the further plot of the of the show. So we'll say that. But clearly Pogo, the, so the, the original trailers, every trailer ended with them finding Pogo and him looking back like, oh. So clearly they were teasing that Pogo was important. And Pogo is, like in all the other seasons, fairly important. So it's, I'm glad they finally got to him. Yeah, we'll see where that leads us. Um, switching over to the Sparrows very briefly, Ben and Faye not seeing eye to eye on what should be done. Faye clearly seeing that they need to work with the umbrellas because there's a bigger issue here. And Ben, of course, is still kind of worried about his um, his uh, his place in the Sparrow hierarchy, so to speak. And Faye sees the bigger picture. And, you know, they use they use mom to send her eye into the Google hole. And, you know, nothing, nothing good comes out other than a Google wave as five calls it. So, you know, it, and clearly what the hell it's another Google wave is a Google wave, Ray. Is that an emergency broadcast system? Or are you being nuked or what? What the fuck is going on? Unfortunately, there's an Amber alert. Oh, it's an Amber alert. Okay. Well, yeah. that's important Creep too. Creep is coming on the show. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Different Amber. That uh, was funny. So, 
yeah, what do you guys what do you guys think of that with the whole uh, dynamic between Faye, who seems to be the logical one, and Ben just so consumed with, you know, I've got to be the man, and it's like, no, you've got to actually get your head out of your ass before it's too late. Go ahead, guys. What do you think? It's funny because this season starts out with the the um, sparrows just being so much better, right? And yet, early in the season, we go to the old man, and he's like, "Yeah, you are better, but somehow they saved the world, so maybe you aren't." So you know, it's it's just the the ends will justify who's what, and Ben cannot see the fucking forest from the trees. So. The very first, I was here for the very first episode review, and I told you then that it felt like the sparrows and the umbrellas were inversed in that the sparrows were a fantastic um, fighting organization, right? They worked well together as a as a superhero team, right? Clearly they did because they're worldwide famous, but they were terrible siblings, whereas the umbrellas are the worst ever at fighting superhero stuff. But they actually are a family. A really weird, fractured, crazy family, but they are a family at the end of the day. And that is what, I think that's the reason why Ben hates them so much. Because they keep talking about our Ben, or old Ben, or dead Ben. And because the Sparrows, the so the idea is all behind Reginald and his experiment of getting the seven to do his job. And because Ben died, they all gave up the umbrellas, but nobody died with the sparrow. So it worked and they became really good at their jobs, which in turn made them care less and less and less and less and less about being good siblings or people. And so I think Faye you it's hilarious you use uh you said that she kind of sees things well she sees everything clearly because of the ravens right right uh but she you know she is, marcus is gone sloan is in love uh at this point alfonso and jamie are dead you can't talk to anthony the box he he don't talk christopher. right christopher, christopher. Yeah. i don't see i don't even know his name doesn't Maybe matter Papa, christopher i don't even you don't even matter so, but she's starting to see, like, this is much bigger than, it's just three of us now. This is bigger than we can handle. We may need their help. Well, and, and here's, and ben, go ahead. Yeah. No, go, go, I was go gonna, ahead, Ray. I was going to say he's so drunk with power because he finally has it that, you know, he's not seeing forest of the trees as you right. use, as you there, said earlier. To me, there's a huge difference between the sparrows and the umbrellas is that, like, the umbrellas have never been a tight-knit family until they had to save the world, not once, but twice. And so they've been forged in fire. The sparrows have never, this is the first time that the sparrows have ever encountered something like this. And you see that they don't know how to deal with it, especially Ben doesn't know how to deal with it. And, and, and it's just, it's a, it's a bigger situation that they're, than they're used to. This is their trial by fire. Whereas, you know, um, the umbrellas have been through it a couple times now. So I think that's a big advantage. And Faye kind of sees elements of that. And she's trying to get through to Ben, but like you're saying, like Tony said, can't see the forest for the trees, only concerned about your own stature in your perceived world and not going to work out I, well for him. The biggest difference between Sparrow Ben and almost all of the rest of them, honestly, is out of all of those, he thinks he knows better than everyone, even the old man. 
thought you say the biggest difference between Sparrow Ben and Umbrella Ben is I was he's alive. One, one of them's alive. Yeah, that's right. But. Yeah. No, I meant I meant between Ben and the rest of the Umbrella and Sparrow Academy members. Yeah, you know they all they all think they know more than the other, but Ben thinks he he's the the shit. You know. And 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 to be fair, there is one that actually does know more than the other. Five knows everything because he's lived for two thousand years or however many years it's been. So to be fair, fended off apocalypses oh, plural five so smart he doesn't even waste his sucking time trying to explain certain things <laughs> it's necessary it's like listen we've been through okay he's gone you know like with klaus oh be what great journeys brother god i love klaus man i love klaus I'd be klaus for a day yeah klaus would be great and i i mean aiden gallagher the guy who plays uh five it just continues to fucking kill he's it. like he's like 18, 18 or 19 he's 18 yeah. years he's, old he's gonna he just turned 18 yeah he's gonna have an amazing career oh my opinion. god this this kid has got oh, he's awesome i mean aiden aiden swagger, gallagher boxy and and the kid from the adam project and uh secret headquarters walker whatever his name is those are two people. Fifteen years on the line, we're gonna be talking about like DiCaprio and like Denzel and, 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 okay, and hey, honest, hold on, Stan, no, the hey, guy who plays Stan hey. is great as well. The kid who's playing oh yeah, Stan. yeah, Wanda these Walker, are, yeah. Guys, these are perfect candidates to think about who's gonna be playing all these upcoming younger superheroes in DC and Marvel and whatever they do. These are all candidates, right? Like, aren't we looking for a young Miles Morales somewhere? Who's gonna play that? Like, isn't that the biggest one? Well, Thinking yeah. about all these younger. If they put a white guy in a Miles Morales role, no, that might no, be a problem. I'm just throwing, no, no. I'm just throwing so, out like the the sure, the, sure the level of young actors we're going to need to play these younger superheroes upcoming here, and these are just some of the names. I'm just saying that's one of the big ones, right? I'm not saying to, to out to cast outside of. And if you're gonna, if you are gonna reboot the DC universe with new characters, strong Here's actors, your Flash. Here's your Flash. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, these are we're the, talking, this we're is talking the, Barry or Wally. No, I'm talking the kid from Umbrella Academy to play Barry. I mean, down the road. Yeah, down the road a little bit. Why I, not? I mean, young Barry Allen? Young Justice Ray. We're going to be talking about that soon. If we're, well, yes, yes, yes. And for the record, the kid, the, the, the kid from, um, his name actually, funny enough, is Miles. The kid from Blackish, the younger little boy, wants really bad to play uh, Miles Morales. Oh, so, oh, okay. Like he's been pushing for it. The other person they were talking about was Jaden Smith. And I know, I know, but if we're talking just looks, and Jaden isn't a horrible actor. Like I've seen some stuff where he's actually decent at. He he would be perfect talking about DC aesthetic shock. I think Jaden would be perfect. As long as they keep Jake Lloyd away from any of this shit, that's all I care about. Sorry, I know you guys love Phantom Menace, but sorry, man. Robert Pattinson plays a great Batman, and Colin Farrell plays an unmis a very mistakable Penguin. Let's put it that way. As far as you can't fucking tell, it's him. So so good. So good. I, I walked out of the theater and looked at Aesop and I went, this is going to sound really dumb, but I thought Colin Farrell was supposed to play the Penguin. He goes, that was him. But I'm like, dude, I tried to find him in that fucking character the entire movie and I couldn't. No, yeah, I, I, I cannot disagree with you guys. But hey, um, any final thoughts on this episode of Umbrella Academy? I mean, we've touched on, I think we've hit the high water marks. Is there anything subtle that happened in this episode that we that we missed that, we, that you guys think is important that we haven't discussed? I think, I think we kind of hit it. I think we did catch all of everything there. I this show, and I'll be I'll be brief on my last thought here, is funny to me because when I watch it, I just want to keep watching it. But when I take the week off and I have to watch it on Saturday or Sunday for the show, I, I'm not like I'm gonna do it, but I'm not overexcited about it. And it's really weird. Maybe that's too much streaming stuff or different things of that nature, but it delivers every time I watch it. So 
I'm almost like ready to be like, oh, I got to go right now and watch the rest. Well, yeah, and it's, you're and you're right. We're going to talk a little bit when we get to the end where we're talking about stuff, why you should be watching certain things. And September is like, you know, that song by Green, Green Day, Wake Me Up When September Ends. There's a hint as to the outro probably um, is it, it's, you know, when you look at the slate for September and you see what's coming out between what's happening tonight with House of the Dragon and all that, we'll, we'll save it. But I'm just saying September is a rough month to navigate on top of wrestling like we all cover, you know, Labor Day weekend. We, we've got three three pay-per-view slash premium live events between Man. clash of the castle all out and whatever they're doing with nxt versus nxt uk i think clash of the castle is the next weekend isn't it no there's it's, like it's all this it's all the it's same all weekend. the same weekend it's crazy and then you've yeah. got the nfl football. starting football yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean you gotta watch the commanders eat shit and die this year man it's gonna be awesome shout out to the state of maryland though why is that baltimore ravens <laughs> and orioles Huh? Somebody's doing good, right? Yeah, the Orioles are. I mean, I, I'm tempted, so tempted to go somewhere and bet fifty dollars on them to win the World Series. I know the odds are astronomical, but if it well, came that's good through, money spent. Yeah, that's with good the way money spent. they've yeah. overachieved so much, Tony. So that's good money spent. A dozen yeah. golf balls, Dave. Throw it out there. All right, there we go. A dozen golf balls. It's 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 on. <laughs> All right. Anyway, guys, let's take our first commercial break. When we come back, we are going to take a visit to the trailer park. We got some pretty cool trailers to talk about. You, of course, are listening to Bandwagon Nerds, which is a part of the Chairshot Radio Network right here on thechairshot.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. All right, guys, we are back. We are going to hit the trailer park. We got a few trailers to talk about. Hopefully, you guys got a chance to watch them. I know I'm not as good as Patrick O'Dowd, and I suck as far as the rundown. Tony doesn't know what the shit's going on. Ray, did you get to see these trailers? I watched them. I, I did my homework. Where did Where'd you send the rundown? I sent it to you at PCTunny at thechairshot.com. I just gave out your uh, email address. so That's fine. You can send I don't. Allow. See, Patrick sends it to me by email on my phone, so I didn't get to do Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just That's fine. That's okay. I said it to Talk the... Talk amongst oh. yourselves. Let me see if I can pull it up here. And, well, uh, I'm send, gonna... it to the, send it to the personal, not the professional, Dave. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. We're better than that. <laughs> no, I'm not even going to try. I don't even know where to send it to it anymore. No, you're so. good. 
All right. But anyway, we're going to get some uh, beautiful banjo music going here because, you know, we can't take you can't. One does not walk. One does not simply walk into Mordor and one does not simply walk into the trailer park without banjo music going. So you want me to do it live? You want me to do it live? Go ahead, Ray. We're going to get. Do we got to do dueling banjos. Dueling banjos? Yeah, go ahead. You guys do dueling banjos. Okay, I'll go. Go I think we'll we'll actually get the real stuff right about now just to uh make up make up for that. He's falling out right now, he's pulling it out of his All right, guys, here we go. After the, Ray and Tunney's magical duet there on the banjos was fantastic, <laughs> followed up by the uh, real stuff. Yeah, love, power, all that stuff to you guys. You guys are magnificent. I am i can't tell you how thrilled I am. First trailer that we got, um, Netflix going a little bit dark with this one, fellas. Uh, I <laughs> Guillermo del Toro, right, Ray? Is Am I, am I pronouncing him right? Guillermo, yes, Guillermo del Toro. Cabinet yes. of Curiosities. Guillermo the Bull. Cabinet of Curiosities coming to Netflix this fall, I believe, is when they're coming out. Um, uh, this I don't know if this is in Tunney's wheelhouse because he's not the biggest horror fan in the world. But Ray, this looks like creep show on steroids or something going on. This was a a crazy, creepy sort of trailer that uh, I had not seen it until I know Pat had put the trailer up earlier this week and I watched it and. Man, it's not so much of a trailer as it is little. It's like a sneak peek behind the scenes sort of thing of what they're doing with this. And I, I had no idea that this was even in development. What did you think of this trailer, man? I'm definitely all in on this one. First and foremost, did you know that Guillermo del Toro is basically Billy the Bull? Okay, yeah, I, 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 I okay, yeah, I'm with you on that I one, just, Ray. I found that funny for all my Spanish friends. Um, so basically, Ryan Murphy created a new lane for everybody. Now, Guillermo del Toro has been doing horror forever, but American Horror Story, American Horror, um, whatever the show, actual show was, and now the compilation he got basically changed the game because it made it to where horror on TV, and you guys are older than me and more versed with like more diverse things on, that you watch on TV, but horror on TV never really worked too well. That I know of, like television shows that I can think of with, in terms of getting like top level ratings until American Horror Story. Horror Story. Oh, that, yeah, and, right. But yeah, that started it. Ryan Murphy. Right. Um, the guy who made Glee made American Horror Story. It's hilarious. Right. Um, but this is just bigger budget with the bigger director because it's a it's a it's a compilation of scary stories. And he gives up-and-coming directors their own episode and it looks really fun it looks really cool and anything that furthers the horror genre i'm down for 
because Jordan Peele and Ryan Murphy have done for horror in the past 10 years what 20 years before it couldn't do. So I'm here for it. Now, does it look like something that's up my... Aesop is my horror guy, right? So does it look like something that's up my in my wheelhouse? Probably not. But I'll watch it. Like, I don't like the... So we we talked about it a little bit. You mentioned it with um, Penguin and, and um, Colin Farrell. But, you know, we talk so much about CGI, but sometimes actual special effects gets kind of thrown to the back burner. And with Penguin, that was f- fantastic special effects, like like Oscar worthy. This is all special effects. Like, I don't think we're going to see any CGI stuff. So for that, yeah, I'm, I'm here for it because this still plays a part. But I'm not with the whole creature from the Black Lagoon type. They don't do shit for me. So I'll watch it just you know, to give the bump. But, you know. Yeah, I think uh, you're going to see a lot of, uh, like you said, Ray, actual special effects, makeup, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, actors in, in costumes, body suits and things of that nature, some body horror, some some psychological stuff. It looks very creature driven. And I'm, I, you know, you don't see that too much uh, Tony, did you get a chance to watch this or are you watching in these trailers right now as we're going along i just i just took a look at that it's definitely something in the genre that is not for me okay but it is a very cool behind the scenes kind of look at um filmmaking and and things of that nature and i think that's the thing that i can appreciate is the effects the way they just don't use cgi and everything in horror that you get the effect and you get the whole feeling of it from this amazing work that they do by hand so i I definitely love that part of it and i love that that part is not leaving horror so to that kudos um unless this ends up getting super rave reviews or like it's like you guys are like oh it's more of a mind thing i this is just just not for me it's guillermo termo dear it's billy the bull it's gonna get rave reviews now how many people watch it is gonna be a different conversation yeah i mean i i you know, amongst if I find the time to actually watch it, you know, because somebody in their infinite wisdom says, let's release everything possible in September. Um, you know, that's I don't I don't know who strict strategy was that, but it's not very good. Let's uh, uh, Hall of Fame word there. Strategy. Strategy. Yeah. Um, second trailer for the trailer park this week is I, I guess this is a spinoff of sorts from the Adams family, but a very different take on it called Wednesday. It's a um, going to be a series about Wednesday Adams, one of the Adams family daughters dealing with um, life as 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 a Adams family teenager. And I had not heard much about I know Aesop and Pat were sharing this around with each other and they were all in on it. And Aesop saying it's immediately better than the Munsters, which I after looking at the trailer, I'd have to agree with him. Um, this trailer is really good. I mean, I love the fact that. <laughs> She gets even with these asshole guys uh, for the water polo team, I believe. Right, Ray? Right, Tony? Water polo team. Oh, Tony's watching it right well, the, now. Well, the, the, the brother was. No, was I wasn't. Water, I was texting. Brother. Oh, you need <laughs> to watch it. To watch? You need to watch this trailer for Wednesday, Tony. You'll like this one. Horrible. Uh, He's not doing his job. I know. Do your job, Tony. God. Yeah, really. <laughs> the brother was. <laughs> the, it, it was his brother. Her brother, who was uh, in the water polo team. Oh, yeah. And, and so to get even with these guys who are being just douchebags. She releases piranhas into the swimming pool, which, okay, uh, piranhas reacting with chlorinated water probably wouldn't go over so well, but we're going to suspend our disbelief for a moment and just enjoy 
what this was. So her parents end up taking her to some special boarding school that seems like Hogwarts in reverse <laughs> kind of sort of thing. And she's all in. She ends up actually liking it. I had not heard a ton about this series, but after watching this trailer, Ray, I'm definitely interested in this. How do you feel well, about it? We had heard because we debated for a good 20 minutes was Luis Gomez the right guy to play right. Gomez Adams. You're right. You're right. Um, so I'll say this. Number one, Adams Family has been it's one of those things that's been done over and over and over and over again. So cool. But to to take it and to do it through the eyes of Wednesday Adams, who was the only interesting person of the family. Other than Uncle Fester, he's because, you know, for jokes. But, like, Wednesday was the interesting person. So to do it through her eyes and the girl playing Wednesday Adams is killing it, right? So I love that. I, I like the where they're doing it from. And the tone of it seems something that is a lot better. Because the Adams family has always been kind of slapstick. It's always been kind of co- comedic, but just dark humor. This is this is not that, right? By the way, she does the two snaps at the end of the. Uh, she the does. End of it, which she is does. cool. They're all a little um, They're all together, spooky. The Adams family. And there goes Tunney's. Uh, that's that's what he's given to us for this. Uh, for By the this time snap. Patrick comes back after these three weeks, I'll be suspended for all of like October and November. <laughs> <laughs> You keep like, ignoring your homework. Yeah, he doesn't want me suspended. He's writing down notes. He's just going to edit it out. <laughs> yeah, let me see. I'll cut when that he, part out. You know, it's okay. Yeah. It's, when he comes back, the first hour is going to be him getting mad at us, just rebutting every episode. Some of the best I, content we get, too, though. Sorry. Go ahead, Ray. No, you're right. The best shows we have are without him because because it's. No, I didn't mean it like that. I meant when he comes back. I meant it like that. (laughs) You don't get booed, Ray. Ray doesn't get booed when Patrick's not here. So there you go. Clearly, it's a good day. My sound isn't working either. Damn right. No, the the, the, uh, being dressed down by Patrick when he comes back is always the highlight of the return episode. So, hundred percent. That and that and the text thread the next morning when he's actually listening to it. (laughs) Um, No, the. I actually may watch this. It looks better than I thought it would have looked. Tony, so. did, did you watch this or did you get to it? Did you get to or, or are you too busy texting? <laughs> Listen, we got, next week I'll give you the bright emails. <laughs> Do that, please. Yes, thank you. I didn't realize Tony's flying completely blind thinking there's no rundown this week. Actually, there is. And it's fairly detailed. So you better <laughs> yeah, start reading these articles, man. Uh, God. Oh, maybe I got to open this up and... Speaking of our fearless leader, Patrick O'Dowd, the next trailer is one that I put on here because he linked it in and I watch a trailer. And to be honest, I don't know if this is in. Well, definitely not in my wheelhouse. I'm not sure what the hell this is. Trailer for an HBO series called The Idol, which has the weekend in it. And is this Johnny Depp's daughter? Is that who this is? I've seen this. This is I've seen. Okay. And shout out and shout out to Dan Levy, who's one of my yes, favorite actors yes, now right abs- now. Now look, the cast is really solid. I mean, I'll, I'll give it that. The cast is really solid. The theme about this is I'm not sure what's going on. I mean, it looks pretty depraved and sex driven, and I don't know what's going on. You guys got any theories about this? And why? <laughs> you why should? Face? Oh my god! Why don't you guys this sell me on looks, this? Why should I? Why should I watch this show? Please, somebody sell me on this. Looks like a partial fictional uh, reenactment of my 20s is that's what it fucking looks like wow if your 20s were like that what the fuck are you doing here tony 
I'm you did. Saying. You made some poor life decisions somewhere along the way. If you were in that, if literally. you were hanging out with mean, them, there was a lot of there was a lot of parties going on when my um no, this looks great. I, it was from like uh, the people who did Californication, right? No, it's from Sam Levinson from Euphoria. Yeah. Oh, Euphoria. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Euphoria, really good. Um, California. It feels like Californication too. Those kind of shows. Um, mm-hmm. this show to me looks like it's gonna be good, but if I don't like the first episode, I'm not gonna watch it tell you right now that's just kind of they're gonna have to hit it out of the park kind of for me at least a triple on the first episode so just because i've seen this show before kind of lived it no not really but you know <laughs> just kidding you guys it was a joke pc tunny Love loves hookers and blow guys T- pc tunny all about hookers and blow folks that's all you got to <laughs> know about this episode so <laughs> you better drink to that uh ray sell me on this show i mean other than other than it being an autobiography of pc tunny's 20s is there the any old, other the reason old, I should watch this? The old Poon Slayer. Um, the old Poon Slayer. Wow. Poon Slayer. That's your um, uncle, Jack Tunney. The yeah, I'm Slayer. the Poon Collector. Yeah, there you go. Um, if I had to sell it to you, I'd say that HBO, off regular, they usually don't miss. So, like, if it's HBO branded, developed show, not about 10, the show's at least interesting. Um, so, and Sam Livingston, what he's been able to do with those kids in Euphoria, you know, um, but HBO got a type, man. They got like three other shows I could tell you out right now that's just like this. You know, they got a type, man. And nothing wrong with that because that's what's selling now. Um, but nothing of that trailer stood out to me enough to say I watched this over, say, Euphoria or over what was the show with James Franco about the the um, porn back in the 70s, that show. like That one I it, checked out on. You know, but uh, I never watched it. But I'm just saying, there's so many shows that feel like that. You know, young people get high, but they're socialites and they get famous, and there's drama, and somebody's dad is disappointed, and there's a lot of you that. Just, you just did the synopsis for Jersey Shore, didn't you? Well, oh boy, we got a situation. Other than that, <laughs> uh, we got, <laughs> yeah, buddy. Anyway, Shore freak. By the way, I, I will admit that on air. I, I love that show. <laughs> well, I watch to this day family vacation. I love that shit. Seasons. It's all good, Ray. What, whatever, whatever floats your boat, man. I mean, it, you know, are you going to watch? So it sounds like you're kind of in the same vein that I might check out the PC Tunny story for an episode or two. And then if they don't have me wrapped up, I'm just going to say that on to something else. man. So how how dope was must Tunny's life have been? To have sold this to Sam Levinson and got the weekend to play his character. How dope must Tunny have been in his twenties? My goodness. Change the title of this episode to PC Tunny Fucks. You know, we might have to d- change it. <laughs> so listen, it was mostly a joke, but there there are a couple of places I worked where you could assimilate some, you know, oh, they're, behavior. They're, I mean, they're I, aspects of that trailer that mirrored my twenties as well, Tunny. So I wasn't, don't worry like, about it. The weekend is not necessarily me. I'm saying I was around that type of environment for a brief period of my Statute life. of limitations. Your lawyer is on the call. Statute of limitations. Right. Unfortunately, there are certain noise. crimes that don't have statute of limitations. <laughs> tiny, anyway, right? let, let's let's shit. let's move on before Tony just take the fifth. Let's move on. And, you know, be like you know, be like this one we all can enjoy. Second, though, right? and the yes, third. yes. Take one through four and add on the fifth, and you're okay. And maybe a fifth of something else as well. Yeah, the final trailer is the one that I think has got us all excited because I think we've all watched the first four seasons of this show. Another show deciding, hey, we're going to launch in September. 
um, just to make sure you have no time to watch anything. It's Cobra Kai season five. We got the full trailer for this. Tony hasn't watched Cobra Kai. I'm shocked. I don't understand it, but you know, Ray, I know you and I are huge Cobra Kai fans. Uh, this trailer, man, I there's there's a lot going on in this trailer. The stakes are high. Johnny's driving Uber or Lyft, getting one star reviews for having beer in the car. Uh, Daniel shutting down Miyagi Do. Terry Silver bringing in people from God knows where because he's got bigger aspirations than just the uh, the San Fernando Valley. You know, I can relate to that because it's right down the street from us, more or less. And um, Daniel and Chosen and Johnny eventually kind of. Kind of getting back together. Lots of friction still existing between uh, Robbie and Miguel. I think that's that's mm-hmm. okay. So lots of friction still existing mm-hmm. there. That doesn't seem like it's going to resolve anytime soon. But whew, lots of stuff. And then there's like screenshots. Mike Barnes, I guess, has been confirmed that he's going to appear somewhere in season five. So that was him getting off the airplane. What, was he one of the ones getting off there? I I just saw that, that was the, him getting the, off the airplane. The, the girl and I didn't. Ooh. Oh, Mike Barnes was the main antagonist in karate kid season three anyway tony what just you know oh yeah whatever <laughs> i thought ray would catch on to what i was doing but he didn't Ray's just i didn't get ray's so ignoring you anyway ray what do you think karate kid season five coming up in just a couple of weeks i mean I, could you be any more excited feel these nipples Club. tony feel these I'm, nipples they are they would they cut glass right now, Big Don. I'm telling you, there's <laughs> not too cutters. many shows on. Yeah, job. There's not too many shows on any platform that's better than than Cobra Kai. It's so good, and I hate myself for not catching it when it first came out. Um, but thankfully, I'm, I've been able to watch it live ever since that first season. Right. Three questions about this next season and the trailer. Three questions. Number one, like they gotta move past this gotta be go further than than just fighting. Like we can't have fighting in the streets and fighting in the hood and fighting in the schools no more. Fighting in the what's mall. gonna happen with that? Fighting fight. in the mall, right? That's number one. Number two, when is Tori gonna realize that the, that that Cobra Kai cricket is fucked? Because Tori at the end of season four started to catch it, right? She started to see how crooked they were. Um and number three. Everybody else from the from the mythologies back. When Hillary Swank gonna get the call, bro? She's not. When Hillary Swank? I gonna hope get the, not. Everybody else, everyone else from the mythology is there. Everyone else. Come on, dog. Is, is, she, is she canon? Is she canon? Part of the Karate Kid? Just because Pat Morita was there? Yes, I think she's canon. Yes. Like make me actually sit through that damn movie, aren't you, Ray? Because I checked out on that. I am thirty minutes in. That's like, hilarious. no, I can't. I can't do this. You know, I cannot hang with. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. The last scene you're gonna see at the end of Cobra Kai season five is gonna be Johnny, chosen, um, Daniel, and Hillary Swank, baby. The undisputed era of Miyagi Do. Shit! If they come out to uh, an undisputed era theme, that would be the best. <laughs> I'm all in. See what I did there, Ray? Yeah, I, that would well be that'd be awesome. But uh, I, you know, this this season is. Uh, I mean, I agree with you that as of and who was I telling? I was talking to somebody the other day about. Um, oh, I saw you know, a guy, you know, my, one of my very good friends, we went out to dinner and he, I'm like, did you like Karate Kid in the 80s? He goes, yeah, I liked it. I said, have you watched Cobra Kai? He's like, no. I was like, you have to. 
because it's like literally so many people I know thought when it when they first heard about it, oh, it's just kind of a show based on that. But there's you know none of the people that we care about. No, Same. dog, they're everybody that you care about who's not actually really dead is in this show. And even even Pat Morita and Mr. Miyagi, his spirit permeates through this show for the first four seasons. So he may be gone, and, but definitely not forgotten. And they've done the ad. The, the one thing that most reboots don't get right is most reboots make the show about the people who were there before. Cobra Kai has done such a beautiful job of making the new characters just as important as the old. And that's what a lot of reboots from old or re, uh, you know, brings shows that are brought back that they're not able to do because we care about Miguel and Tori and Samantha and Robbie, Robbie just yeah. as much as we care about as much as we care about um, Johnny and Daniel. And that's a hard thing to do. And they've done it admirably. So you raise a really that's a fantastic point, Ray, because the great thing about the show is that they have balanced the nostalgia factor and introduced, created new stars. Are we talking about pro wrestling? No. They've created new stars as they're going along with <laughs> honoring the nostalgia. Hey, Triple H, Tony Khan, here's how it's done. Uh, so hey. I I think, you know, you are absolutely 100% correct that it is a, a great way to, that they've really done a great job of care, giving you new characters that you care about while honoring the legacy. And you care about the old characters, too. You care about everything that's going on. So, yeah, I can't wait for season five. I, I agree with you 100%, Ray. It is, it, I mean, other than Stranger Things is the only thing that I would probably put above it right now. But, in, uh, and San, well, Sandman is an interesting conversation we're going to have. But great stuff. I'm disappointed that Tunney hasn't watched the show, but I really wish he would take the time to get in to it. Man, it's, e it's easy. It's an easy watch, Tunney. 30 minutes per episode, man. You can binge that I, bitch in I a week. I guarantee you the first, if you watch the first, just like you said about your uh, life story, the first episode, if the first episode doesn't draw you in enough to say, I'll watch a couple more, then I won't bother you. But that first episode will make you watch the whole entire season immediately. It's that good. And they gave the first three episodes away for free years ago. So, Tony, you got to pull your, uh, yeah, there you go. Pull your pants up. No, go pull your microphone yeah, down. I'll watch okay. it. That's, that's. That's Chris. Um, <laughs> he'd even laugh at that. He'd like, um, yeah, I'll watch it tomorrow, Ray. The only problem is tomorrow never comes. Yeah, I like Tony gave me his email. I had that email address, Tony. I just thought I was supposed to send it in a chair shot. Anyway, nobody cares about this behind the scenes shit. <laughs> Best episode ever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the things that we've learned on this episode about PC Tony will make will keep That's you up saying. late at night. Get DP on here. I'm gonna get Dan on. Dan, did you know that Tunny was a? I'm. I don't know that I want to know. Sometimes, sometimes the legacy and the legends. You just know need to be damn left well that DPP's life I, uh, is even crazier than PC Tunny's. Probably, probably. You know, you know how <laughs> those scientists get down. Yeah, it's science. <laughs> Let me do this. Let me experiment on you. It's science. In the name of science, <laughs> I'm gonna run this test on your ass. D people thanks and blames me for dragging him out into the world more than he would like to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. All right, fellas, let's take our second commercial break and then we come back. We're gonna do some news around the Nerdosphere. Tony, let people know where can they <laughs> Wow. 
what an idiot. Anyway, we're not gonna we're not even gonna acknowledge that with any airtime, Tony. I'm not I'm not gonna repeat what is in that picture. I was just showing you. I yeah, know, I no, I appreciate you. it. But, I'm just not gonna repeat but it. But more air. importantly, I agree with you. I agree with you. We should be talking about pro forward slash the chair shot. Go ahead and check it out. Plenty of great t shirt designs that will have people around you going, Where'd you get that t shirt? Wear it to a family event, wear it to your next wrestling show, show up on casual Friday at work and see who notices, who gets it, and who doesn't. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Get it in soft style. Your epidermis will thank you. It makes a great gift as well. I guarantee it. I guarantee it too. And when we come back, we've got some news around the Nerdosphere to talk about. Uh, Ezra, the Ezra Miller saga takes another interesting turn. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds right here on the Chair Shot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right, fellas, it is time for some news around the Nerdosphere, some, some, uh, some various topics of conversation we want to discuss we're going to start off with this week's installment of, I need, I should almost add the fucking echo effect for this. The WB sucks. WB. The WB sucks. Sucks. Absolutely sucks. So, okay. <laughs> so last week, Patrick and I were on here and we were talking about how basically the WB had come up with three scenarios for Ezra Miller. One of them was he was going to get some help. And I thought that was unlikely because I just don't think the guy really wants help. The other one was they were just going to minimize the shit out of anything involving him as they lead up to the release of the flash, probably sometime next year. And three was they were just going to scrap the product entirely or project entirely, which was unlikely due to the fact that, you know, they've invested 90 million or God knows how much. I mean, it didn't stop him from Batgirl, but this is a little bit different. So we got way news. more than 90 million. Yeah, way more than like 90 million, what, like 290, like 290, yeah. <laughs> a little different. But um, we got the news this week that uh, Ezra Miller is apparently going to get some help, some mental health counseling. He's he's dealt with some personal issues. I don't know what those are that have led to some serious mental problems, you think? And the guy just shows up in Hawaii or Vermont, jacking people's houses and stuff like that. When I read this article, I think I posted it in the chat. I said, I give it one week before he gets himself and does some stupid shit in Rhode Island. And that's going to be the end of the whole thing. But your guys thoughts, Ezra Miller allegedly getting help. I haven't seen anything from this guy that really makes me think he wants help. This is kind of like when the Washington Redskins were forced to change their name because Nike and Adidas said, if you don't get rid of that shit, we're pulling out all the merchandise and away from you. It's like, you know what? We suddenly re- realize that this name's racially insensitive, but um, <laughs> this kind of feels like the same sort of thing to me where Ezra Miller's like, we might have to cancel this whole thing and cancel your contract. And Ezra's like, you know, I think I do want help after all. I don't buy this shit for a second. I, I'm all in favor of anybody who needs it, getting the mental health they require. I don't know. Are you guys buying this story or is this just simply I don't want to lose a whole lot of money by having this shit canceled? No one wants to lose a whole lot of money like in that amount that he could possibly lose. So, you know, hopefully he gets the help he needs. And this is coming from someone who would love to see a different person continue their trail of flash but you know what i don't necessarily think that person wants anything to do with the big screen 
and playing Flash. Because what he's done already is, my opinion, and probably a lot of fans' opinions, is the best Flash you've ever seen. For me, it is. Um, so I don't know what they should do here. I, I actually like, he, he, as big of a Grant Gustin guy as I am and love that series, that television series, I liked Ezra Miller playing The Flash in these movies. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a cool, different perspective, um, you know, and, and like the dynamic. I thought him and Batman had a re- great relationship like Tony Stark and Spider-Man had, and I really loved that. And I'm disappointed is basically what I am. So I, I agree with you, Dave. Uh, the likelihood of this turning into a Robert Downey Jr. story. And is, I, I don't even know if you can compare the two, um, but it doesn't seem likely. Right. And before I kick it over to Ray, the thing is, you've got to want help. Anybody who's dealt with mental health issues in the past knows that if you don't really want the help, it's not going to work. You know, Shawn Michaels, how many years did he go before anybody could reach him? And then when it when it no, when he, you're finally ready then you're ready and it makes a big difference. I just don't know. But I, I agree with you, Tony. I like Ezra Miller's portrayal as a flash, especially in the Snyder cut where you got to see his character fleshed out a little bit more and you got to see more of Barry Allen. I'm with you all the way there. I just don't, I have my doubts that this is a, a serious and, and sincere attempt on Ezra's part to get the help he obviously needs. Ray, what are your thoughts on this? First off, let me say that while I'm a major advocate for mental health, um, you know, taking care of mental health issues and help if you have any mental health issues or whatnot. Any issues with your mental health should never be confused or should never be conflated for bad behavior. And so I don't want, if he does in fact have some form of some, some a disorder or some form of anxiety or depression or substance abuse, which can be linked to mental health or because of mental health, that does should not admonish him for what he has done. And that's my only fear with this, number one. Number two, this is classic Hollywood. Forever, forever, we've seen a Hollywood star while out, do something stupid, and then go to rehab for three weeks to try to get their, try to get, you know, their the the press back on their side. So this feels like that. Big movie coming out in a little bit. We need to get him straight. Let's clean him up enough so we can do the press junket get the movie out, and then we'll cut bait with him. So that's what it feels like. Third and most importantly, what's going on with him and what's going on with, more importantly, the Flash movie is the most important thing going on, in my opinion, in Hollywood. And I'll tell you why. If he can't get his shit, shit together and they don't feel comfortable releasing the movie because the star of the movie is a pariah in these streets, right? Will they eat the $200 million? If they'll eat ninety million for Batgirl, if will they eat the two hundred million for this? And if they eat the two hundred million for this, then literally no movie is safe because most movies don't cost two hundred million dollars to make. And that kind of goes back to the whole thing we talked about a few weeks ago: the difference in the perception of Batgirl versus the Flash. Is is Flash a movie that you're willing to say to walk away from? You know, Batgirl maybe is one thing, and for whatever reason they were willing to walk away from that. Flash, man, that really ups the ante. But yeah, you're right, Ray. If they say this is too much heat for us, um, we got we got to get you know we can't we can't just you know they say we can't go forward with this thing because the heat on us is too big. Then yeah, it really kind of it raises some interesting questions. But 
Yeah, I, I kind of, I, I mean, I obviously agree with you, Ray, that, you know, you're rewarding bad behavior by giving the typical damage control time. We're going to say he's going to rehab so that it kind of takes the heat off of us. And hopefully this all blows over. Maybe Ezra will learn a little bit of something while he's in rehab. Good luck with that. I just uh, and the, don't see And the new, cycle, the new cycle is crazy enough and fast enough that if you put him on ice for a couple of weeks, we may, uh, the, the, the majority of the populace may literally forget about it. But the problem is you can't have a movie of that ilk without doing press. And that's where it's going to kill them. He could be out. He could be gone for six months. That first question. So Ezra, what was this, this, this and that? Or asking the coworkers. So Michael Keaton, why is Ezra not here? And that's going to change the entire dynamic of the movie. Ezra. Can you comment on the quality of jail cells in Hawaiian, the Hawaiian islands? Just you know, <laughs> how are things in Vermont? You know, yeah, it's just it's it's there. There's no easy way out of this thing for WB, but it comes down to money. How much are we willing to take uh, as far as a loss? And is is two hundred and ninety million too much? Probably. So, um, but well, you know, and, and 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 it's not just eating it. It's if you tr- eat it and try to get a tax write off on it. You can never release it. And that's the worst part. Because you least you would think they try to sell it to somebody and say, all right, well, recoup some of our funds. If you do what they do with Batgirl, you can never release it. And that's the coldest part. It'll just happen to show up some dark corner of the dark web where it gets released. And there you go. It's the beauty of all that sort of stuff. Uh, but the WB damage control for maybe the wrong reasons. They're not done there with this weekend. The WB sucks. Because they've cut 200 episodes of Sesame Street and they doubled down Ray and said Young Justice season five, not not happening, dog. So, yeah, I know "Ah!" I know you guys have feelings about this. I it's it's I mean, I it and there's other stuff they did. They cut a bunch of other stuff like Aquaman, King of Atlantis, which, okay, whatever. That's no big deal. And they cut a bunch of stuff like and Aesop. We were kind of like, ah, no huge losses there but still of course losses to the people who are creating those shows and 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 the damage to them but uh, a lot of a lot of cuts in the animation act area thing i don't think this is going to affect dc animation just because it's on a different pedestal entirely but your guys thoughts i mean young justice was a real popular show i know you loved it ray lots of people loved it um that goes by the wayside sesame street even sesame street's not safe nothing's safe well, well to start off the reason, in my opinion, why it was such a big deal that they cut a lot of these shows wasn't that they cut them, because that ah, shit happens, right? Is that they were cutting stuff so they wouldn't have to pay residuals. That's the fucked up part, right? It's one thing if you're cutting content. Every channel cuts content at a certain point or moves con- old, old shit to bring new shit in. Eh, no big deal. But doing it specifically so that you don't have to pay these people, that's foul. Um the Sesame Street one is a big deal, but it's not as it's not as close to my heart as it would be the Tunnies or as to Patrick's, even though it's super important to the populace of Americana, right? Sesame Street kind of created a genre, if you will. The Young Justice is just I I'm gonna be controversy, right? We like that. I truly believe in my soul, Young Justice is the greatest animated superhero show ever created. And I don't think it's close. If you watch the show, if you see the nuance in which they use every single character 
if you follow the dearth at w- of which all of the characters from the from the primary uh, heroes to the secondary heroes to the tertiary heroes are used. If you if you see the weave of all of the threads of stories that are interwoven between every not only one season, all four seasons, and the payoffs, it, it is the most intricately, beautifully laid out and and storyboarded show maybe I've ever seen especially animated it is a masterpiece and to just be like nah son we good and you can't sell to nobody because y'all own DC so what's the point Netflix got rid of it so it, it's it's everything's got to end but let it end for a good reason don't let it end because you know somebody bought your house and then wanted to kick out the bed that's stupid you got to sleep let it end on its own terms on a way that makes sense that gives some sort of some sort of sense of closure because you're not going to get that now and, and it was made and forget the story like i get that we're ton dollars and cents it was the highest grossing animated show on your channel it made more money than harley it made more money than um uh any of the any i can't think of loader tune shit for sure it nothing made more money than Young Justice, in terms of animated content on HBO Max, nah, son, we're good. It's just wild. Yeah, it's a it's a show. I, I haven't watched enough of it to have your kind of feelings on it, Ray. But I'm glad you were here because I know how much you love that show, Tony. Turning to you on the Sesame Street side of things, you know, 200 episodes. That's that's a lot. That's what at least what a couple years worth or no, yeah, that's four years. Are they? Roughly? Are they? I don't know how many. How many episodes um, did they release new? What every they, day? I don't know how it works. I no, I don't know what they're doing now anymore with it. Um, how many they do a year? But that's a lot. Um, and that's a show that still gets paid attention to. And and actually, that that show like has like a purpose, right? Like everything. Like I don't mean to belittle what this show and 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 our network and everything, but like. Sesame Street being broadcast has a bigger purpose than anything else we cover, to be honest with you. Um, it it just makes me want to scream out loud, like how underpaid teachers are, you know, and, and that kind of realm of what we're talking about. Uh, so, you know, it's interesting, all this stuff that's being cut on all these different places. And, and where's it going to pop up, though, somewhere else? The good stuff will come back and it'll come back somewhere else because it'll be worth something to somebody. And that's more than what it's worth to whoever's cutting it in my opinion so yeah it's just going to continue to be a very interesting uh until we get this whole full frontal turn on 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 the axis of where all these companies that aren't disney plus and netflix are going no like you said sesame street is uh, i mean (laughs) it teaches kids a lot of stuff that uh, that teachers just don't have the time to get in them teaches them life lessons there's some stuff there that's dated there's other stuff there that's timeless and we lost a lot of that stuff when they cut all this thing. And that's, that's of course a tragedy about this is, you know, how else do you access that? You know, it was, it was right there. It was easy for parents to get that, to show their kids and to have kids enjoy something that wasn't, you know, like half the other shit that's out there, which is horrible for the kids nowadays. This is a good, wholesome, clean type of show. I know we don't have, we don't, extol the virtues of those kind of shows probably as much as we should anymore but they're out there and then you know business decision let's get rid of the let's get rid of the good stuff that's going to help the kids out because you know 
fuck it. We need to keep this other shit going. So, yeah, terrible situation, tragic. Ray, you got any? I know you said you, you know you were more upset about the Young Justice thing, but you got any thoughts on the Sesame Street getting cut well, as I, bad as it was? So I am bothered. Um, my very first birthday party was a Sesame Street birthday party. I partied with Big Bird. So like I have a big history with Sesame Street personally, family wise. Um, I but I I am less angered. Because, number one, Sesame Street is still going to be a major part of HBO Max going forward. And like we said, none of us could pare down how many episodes a year they put out. So 200 episodes could be four years worth of content. It could be three months worth of content. So, you know, as long as they're, they're not getting rid of the entire back catalog and they're still putting out new episodes, getting rid of a couple of... If, if we're going to go back in the history of, say... Seinfeld or Friends and on, and remove five episodes. It's not a big deal considering that it's 130, 140. And if that's the ratio of what we're doing with Sesame Street, it's not the biggest of deals. If they canceled Sesame Street, if they removed all the old stuff that wasn't HBO Max, and yeah, pitchforks and, and, and tiki torches, hell yeah. But if it's just a few episodes in, you know, in relation, I'm, you know, I'm bothered, but I'm not WB and HBO Max in general have a lot more blood in their hands than a lot of other places than this. So there's yeah. been over 4,600 episodes of Sesame Street, and there's been about 52 a year. But since it came over to HBO Max, they've actually allowed them, since they've been there, to increase from 18 to 35. Those are the numbers I can find currently. So, yeah, roughly maybe maybe two years' worth. When they were like... on PBS, it was one a week. So. Okay. Well, okay, uh, so fifty-two episodes a year, so yeah, roughly. That's four uh, years. Four years. That's that's significant, but like you're saying, when you actually, I mean, somebody do the math on that. You know, four thousand episodes, you lost two hundred. What percentage of that? You know, what is the percent of that? I don't know. Uh, th- you know, that's why I was a lawyer because I wasn't good at math, even though I seem to deal with percentages every stinking day. But anyway, straight up, let's like, like less than five percent. I'll do the math later. No, I, well, I just got, did it. Did you? Okay. Less than 5%. No, Thank I, you. I, one one thing I'm good at is math. Thank you, mathematician Tony. Yeah, you're good at math and partying with the hookers and blow. But anyway, let's okay, move on. got to so. know how the numbers add up, brother. <laughs> uh, continuing on with our news uh, news around the Nerdosphere aspect of things, the uh, CW got a new owner. This was, it had been rumored for quite some time. And I, you know, I, I, we had, think of, what, several months ago, we'd speculated as to who they were going to go to and, you know, that sort of thing. They went to kind of somebody I don't think we were expecting. And um, you guys happen to read this article as well. So let me, I'm, where is it? It was in the Disney, I know Disney's one of of them. And who's the other partner? Uh, Hold on. I'm looking this up. Man, this thing went all weird. Well, Nexstar. Nexstar, the, so Nexstar is like above Sinclair that they own seventy five percent of all like television networks or channels or something in the country or some shit like that. Right, right. But Nexstar is owned joint is a joint venture by I think Disney and Viacom or some shit. Yeah. So something they, do like. you guys do you guys watch Succession on or Succession on HBO? No, but I watch WWE is the same thing. <laughs> so yeah we got next next star not next next star 75 percent stake in the cw um 
I don't know. You know, when we first talked about this, it seemed to be like a big deal. But the CW to me is kind of like one of these one of these networks that's kind of I don't know if you guys think they're on their last legs. I know the Arrowverse is coming to an end. Uh, even the shows that are remaining are going through all sorts of problems right now. Is this as big a deal as it as it would have been, say, a year ago? Or is this like, OK, whatever at this point? What do you what do you guys think about this? Well, there were well, there are five major broadcast. I'm sorry, six major broadcast networks. Well, no, five because I don't think UPN's now my network TV counts, even though it is broadcast. But Fox, ABC, CBS, NBC, SCW. So anytime a major broadcast network is bought out, it's a big deal because everybody don't have cable. So like. A hundred percent of Americans, if you got a digital decoder box thingy, can watch the CW. That's a big deal. So yeah. Now, and I think it's uh, I don't think it's coincidental that like most of their major shows are kind of being killed now, because with merger coming on, like the Arrowverse is gonna be making a full season. Like that, so many things that they've done. They've almost practically erased their hands of DC at this point. Like, finish the Flash and we're done with y'all. You know what I'm talking about? So, eh, Stargirl's coming back, but I mean, that's the HBO Max thing, too. I can just say, go back. So, it's a big deal. If if NBC, if, if, if NBC Universal were to sell NBC today, wouldn't you say that's a big deal? Oh, yeah. If something like that was going to happen, that yeah. would be huge. But... Yeah, I think I, I, I think like a year ago before, you know, the Arrowverse was just going, you know, straight down the crapper and that sort of thing. When, you know, we we had all these when Flash was still going, Legends of Tomorrow was still going, Batwoman was still going. You had the Arrowverse still seemingly had the appearance of being a big deal, a much bigger deal. I mean, Nexstar is the largest local television broadcasting company in the United States. They've got what now? 37 CW and CW plus affiliates. So that's. That's a big deal. It just, I think, like, this is like one of those too little, too late things. It's like, great, you got this network that is seemingly winding down now. So I don't know how big of a deal this is. I tend to tend to agree with Ray. Tony, you got any thoughts? I mean, you know, I know you've been a big fan of The Flash, so I assume you've got some Arrowverse uh, love as well. Uh, you know, is, is this is this one of these stories that is not that big a deal anymore, or what do you think? I don't know if I'm just coming to the acceptance of what we're getting or if I just kind of look back and go, you know what? It was great. And everything ends, you know, especially what you consume media wise, as far as streaming or television or movies or whatever, you know, I mean, at some point, the Marvel storytelling on the big screen is going to end. Not anytime soon, but all good things come to an end. So I guess I'm just trying to be more positive with it and be like, well, it was, it was great. It really was great for a long time. So, yeah, um, speaking of everything coming to an end, that's a really good segue there, Tony, to our other news story. Got news this week that Regal Cinemas, which is the number two, the second largest cinema chain in the nation. Who are they number two behind? Probably AMC, I'm guessing. I'm guessing AMC. Oh, AMC Marcus Marcus isn't two, hey? No, I don't think so. But uh, Cinemark is up there. Yeah, Cinemark's up there. AMC's number one, right, Ray? I'm I'm just guessing. I'd it's, imagine. It's got to be. But, I'm searching now. But, searching uh, now. yeah, Regal Cinema's number two 
cinema chain in the nation filing for bankruptcy. Um, you know, and I mean, I don't know if this is particularly surprising, guys. Not everything rebounded from the pandemic. We talked, and I mean, I distinctly remember many conversations we had in the heart of the pandemic when this, when we were talking about the impact on cinemas and and you know the decision to release things straight to streaming um, versus you know waiting for it to go back into the theaters, that sort of thing. You, you knew there were going to be casualties. I'm not particularly surprised to hear that Regal Cinemas, that the industry did not rebound fast enough for them. I, I don't think anybody's, or, neither of you guys, I assume, are surprised by this news. I got the numbers if you want them. Yeah, I got go them too, yeah. What you That's, got, Tony? Wow. AMC is one. Uh, Regal Cinemas is two. Cinemark, three. Cineplex Entertainment is four. Marcus is five. Hmm. But and, dude, uh, under and then and then everybody else drops off by more than fifty percent. Those are the five that have more than one thousand screens. AMC has seventy eight hundred. Regal had over sixty eight hundred. Yes, a lot. that's um. There yeah. are two. Those are, they're the top two by far. By there are like thirty three percent. There are two Regal Cinemas in Houston. Two. I think there's one here. Um, one here. But I'm saying the My area is all Marcus. We're the fourth biggest city in the country. Mm-hmm. And there are at least at least ten of AMC and and Cinemark in the city, and there's two Regal theaters, but it's the it's the second biggest in the country. What the fuck is Regal showing? And like Sheboygan, like what? They got ten Kalamazoo? ten screens in Sheboygan. They're probably like got oh, a, and, they probably got a cinema. Marcus, they got Marcus a, theaters up here. They got a cinema in <laughs> Mall of America with like fifty five screens, and that puts them over right? the top, something like that. They're, they're in the Quad Cities, I, uh, Iowa, or some shit like that. Like, where? What are we doing? Wow, I'm blown away. Dominating well, in small, Omaha, Nebraska, Ray. You guys are small city shaming, you douchebags. Yeah, we are. You live in a big city too. <laughs> what are you talking about? How many people live in Milwaukee? How many people live in the city of Milwaukee? Go, tell me. One point, one point five million. It's not even a quarter million. It's not even three quarters of a million, Ray, anymore. In the city limits of Milwaukee, it's like 636,000. You know they don't go by city limits. But it's they a suburb. Yeah, like, metro, metro area. Yeah, like Los okay, Angeles. Okay, Milwaukee County then? More. It's more Milwaukee, County. Pop, you. He's, Milwaukee County. He's Milwaukee looking it County. up right now. Two million. Milwaukee mm-hmm. County. If he hits the city of Milwaukee, it's less than 700,000. But if he hits Milwaukee County, it could probably be close to 1.5. The current metro area population in Milwaukee in 2022 is 1,448,000. What did I say? 1.5 in the county. Thank you. Think about that. Think about the population of New York is what? 7 million. The population of LA city is 3.7 million. Jesus. You know what though? The area though, if you, if you included the county to the South of Milwaukee and the county to the West of Milwaukee, which almost people include in the Milwaukee, major Milwaukee metroplex, it'd be, you'd be closer to like, Two and a half, three million. If you count, if you count Green Bay, it's even better. So anyway, well, that's a ways away. That's right. like well, we're closer to we're closer to Chicago yeah. than Green Bay. Basically, people if, are like it's just <laughs> Chicago North up here. If you count Green Bay, just add another fifty-five people because nobody lives there but the team. That's we had very, we had fourteen, we had thir- thirteen NFL championships in this situation. If oh my god! Okay. In yeah. Any, so 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 movies, right? In any case, are anybody surprised Cinedon. that there were going to be casualties of the pandemic? Uh, Maybe that it's the number two chain going under, um, but I, I don't. I, you know, I I mean I think this was inevitable that there was going to be fallout, there were going to be casualties. I'm not sure that we expected it at this point in time because you think oh the industry's rebounded pretty well, apparently not as well as we hoped. What are you guys think thinking about this? 
I, I think it's crazy because I was thinking about this the other day and how more people are going to movies, but maybe they're not. Um, because I was like, man, if you thought ahead, one thing that during the pandemic you could have bought stock in was movie theaters because you could have bought low and you knew at some point that people were going to start going out in public and doing stuff again. Right. And movie going has not ceased for how long it's an American classic thing to do, whether you're going out on a date or with your family or whatever. Um, but streaming doesn't help. Right. There's more options for people that it isn't so easy to just get out to the movie theater. So I always loved going to the theater. I don't do it as much as I do now, but I, I it's it's sad that people are losing jobs, you know. Yeah, I mean, um, stuff is hitting, uh, you know, even stuff that goes to the theater. Sorry, Ray, I didn't mean to cut you off, but even stuff going to the theaters is still hitting things like voodoo, like shockingly fast, you know, that sort of thing. So go ahead, Ray. I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, you're good. I, I, you can't put toothpaste back in the tube. So I think we're at a point now where the time period used to be something like six months or three months, whatever it was, for a movie to go to streaming after it's been in the theaters, after it's run its course. You can't put that back now. The, the time in which a 90, 90 days is a lot now, and you just can't because – those the numbers of streaming and renting and stuff like that are through the roof now because we're comfortable watching things from home, right? Can I ask you guys a question? Because I, I just wonder, do you do you all do you see more foreign movies in your theater listings when you go and look now than you did in the past? Because a lot of the Bollywood movies are making it into the theaters where I am live and and other kind of types of movies that I'd never seen before. And I'm wondering if not enough movie chains are utilizing the diversity around them in their area and showing more things than just American cinema, right? There's there's more things to consume than than just what's being made in America and to make money off of. So it's just the thought that comes into my head hearing that people are losing jobs and things of that nature, right? Maybe there's whatever is everybody picking up on the foreign film addition to movie theater. I don't see more foreign films, but I see more films that would never be in the theater. And I see like around and I see they're using screens for things that they wouldn't use screens for general. Like like me and my daughter went to the movies yesterday and went and saw DC League of Super Pets. We just had had a chance to see it yet. Oh, is it good? Oh, it's fantastic. All right. Um, It's really good. They had three screens of the new Dragon Ball movie. Yep. And they had one screen specifically for Usman versus Leon Edwards. I see a lot more of that because they're because the the I would say I, open secret is an oxymoron, but it's an open secret that you like you anybody can rent a, a, a screen, you know, and to show what they want. Technically, if me and you guys filmed a movie today. And I wanted to watch it on the screen. I could just call the movie theater up and say, "Hey, I want to rent the screen for the day." So, Marcus theaters in my area offers to say you can rent out the theater for 150 bucks. Yeah, and it, they've made it cheaper now because I bet you, you they're looking for that. Put this on the reel; they'd play it right. Here, here's yeah. an example. Like, and I hope I'm, I, I'm definitely pronouncing this wrong, but Laal Singh Chada is 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 a movie you can go watch, and it looks like it's in Hindi, so it must be. You know, but I've seen multiple movies and, and I'm happy for that. I haven't gone to see yeah. any of them because I don't enjoy reading subtitles. Um, but 
I've also watched foreign films in different languages, and sometimes you could just get it. But like, I just, I just think about the business side of it, right? Like, we can get more diverse in what's happening, and it's still really good content. It might even be better than some of the crap that we're peddling out there uh, continuously. Oh, we're still America, Tony. We're still America. Well, and we're we're in the world where I'm more American than diversifying and making money. America has shown that they'd rather not make money if it's not how they want to make it. That's true. Parasite won best actor, the best movie. And everybody who's watched it said it's one of the best movies they've ever seen. And yet it's probably got like five million in sales. Nobody's going to watch it because I got to watch it and it with the um, subtitles. On top of that, it's called a foreign film when it's about everything about is American. They just are not. They're just a Korean American family, and they're speaking in their native tongue. But it's in America, made by people who are Americans. So, that, but that's the world we live in, dog. It's just not going to change, unfortunately. I'm sorry I, about that, Dave. No, no, no. I, I, I dig what you're. I hear what you're saying, Ray. But and, and at the same time, I also want to say Dragon Ball is out and everything, and they also coincided that with a beautiful media blitz because it, it, Fortnite's all about Dragon Ball right now. So I can't imagine what else is just like. Hey, hey, kids! Hey, hey, hey! Tell your parents. Yep, yep. It's a Google Blitz, Wait, is what's going on. Um, but no, I, I think, and the other thing is, I think the industry is has changed a lot. We've talked about this before. That you know, like I won't go to just unless I have no other choice. I won't go anywhere other than like Studio Movie Girl because it's like, hey, for me, it's not enough just to go to the movies. I got to get something else out of this thing. I got to give me dinner. Make it a make it an event sort of thing for myself. And I think, you know, you're seeing a lot of theaters are kind of going in that direction. Like you're saying, Ray, they're offering, hey, you don't have to just come here for the movie. You can come here and watch the fight. Hey, come here for WrestleMania. Hey, do this, do that. Like the like when WrestleMania first started, everybody's going to closed circuit, you know. You're almost seeing it kind of evolving back into oh, that a little Ollie bit. Ollie Frazier. Ollie Frazier and things of that nature. Big boxing matches you could go see in the theaters too, you know? Yeah. And and Dave, yeah. there's like, and you guys said that is the the bistro plex is kind of the thing now, right? Where you can you can get more than just nachos or pretzels and a hot dog and some shit candy and popcorn. Real right? meals you can, and I a can movie, have a be- right? And sometimes they'll even bring it into the movie if you're in the right theater for you. But uh, yeah, I, I you know I'm lucky to I love the theater I have by me, and I even A A W uh, famously. Uh, cut a deal with a, a movie theater chain to where all their pay-per-views are shown live there. But Tony loves physically loves a the theater more than I do. I can't speak for you, Dave. I like movies. I don't really care if I go to the theater or not. I, I'm the guy that'll pay five, ten extra dollars to see it at home. No, I, I love movies so. and I love going to movies. But at this point, after everything we've been through, you got to give me something more than just the movie because otherwise, if yeah. I know that it's, I'm going to get the same. I'm going to get to watch that thing maybe a month later than I otherwise would have. You know, facts. Unless unless you're giving Here's me an experience, thing, I don't I don't well, care, you know? Yeah. Here's the thing, Ray, you're 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 kind of right, but to me, the movie it has to be a movie worth watching in the theater. There's a lot of like there's so many comedies that it wouldn't waste my time and money to go out and do that, right? Because it the 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 the, the um the experience isn't enhanced by being in the theater, but when it is audibly or visually, you know, I'm a 3D guy, then that's where yeah. I want to be. And then I make my decision on how much yeah. I enjoy the experience at the theater. And you're spot on because for me, 
I didn't care about the theater experience. That was just the only medium I had to watch a movie for, for three to six months. Now, I can't tell you how many movies. I just watched The Black Phone this past week. I want to see that the week it came out. Like it'll be on it'll be on Peacock in ninety days. Well, ninety days, less than ninety days was on Peacock, and I, it was fantastic. Exactly. Why? Yeah, I mean, and theaters have got a big, you know, and and maybe Regal sees the writing on the wall. I don't know, but anyway, let's uh, move on. Last little news bite before we get into our our kind of a little discussion topic. I wanted to have uh, Mark Ruffalo, who we will talk about when we talk She Hulk, kind of created a stir this week when he said. And I, well, I won't quote, but just in general, Secret Wars will be bigger than Avengers Endgame. Hyperbole, Ray, is he bloviating, as you like to say, or is there some truth to this? Well, he is bloviating, but he's telling the truth. Every, everything, everything now, what's next is clearly going to be bigger than what was before. Has to be, right? So, yes, this is number one. It's going to be damn near two full phases before we see them team up together. That should tell you, number one, it's a big fucking deal. There was three Avengers movies before Endgame, so that should tell you something. Two, all the new heroes that are back in the fold, all the new heroes that are being brought into the fold, and all the new heroes who are being given the opportunity to be put in the fold. I'm talking of not only your Captain Marvels and your new Captain Americas and these new people, or the new young Avengers, but I'm talking like Fantastic Four mutants, and I'm talking people like Shang Chi, who and Namor, who nobody ever thought would see, right? All this, but most importantly, look, I saw a. You're gonna enjoy this. I saw a video yes uh, yesterday that said that Thanos in killing in doing the snap and in in destroying half the universe was actually helping the universe because he knew the Celestials were coming, and if he got rid of half the universe, the Celestials couldn't come. So he was actually helping the, everybody. Thanos, even at his, at his most diabolical, was doing what he thought was right. He was actually trying to do the right thing in his mind, which couldn't be further from the truth, but it was, right? Kang don't give a fuck about no right. Kang just out Thanos wanted to kill half the universe. He wanted some people to live. Kang wants it all gone, bro. So it's a whole different world. I I think Secret Wars is gonna be the and I hyperbole, but it's gonna be the, the biggest experience we've ever seen on cinematically ever. And that's gonna top in-game. Tony, you think this is possible? I mean, they set the bar ridiculously high when Mark Ruffalo makes a statement like that, bigger than Endgame? Man, that's you are really putting yourself under the microscope there. So I think you can look at it one of two ways. Like you can look at it like that, like, hey, that's a lot to live up to, brother. Um but Yeah, brother. You could also you could yeah, brother. Well, I don't know about that. Uh dude. Um no Ray. <laughs> it, the other way you could look at it is to go that this storyline has been the same storyline from the beginning and it's all going to come together at the end. And that, that is what makes it bigger than the biggest part possibly we've experienced so far. And that's just my hope. Optimistic Tony today. Weird. I don't know. It is. You are a glass horrible round of golf, man. That is for sure. I did. I 
did win a game of Fortnite this morning and made me late to golf, but I had to stick it out. So wow. Okay. Well, that that's that's something. I mean, that's that's rarer than you uh, shooting seventy. But you know, you never know how it works. How would you guys solo wins on Fortnite? Come on. How how would you guys feel if all all hyperbole here, all hypothetically speaking, if the end of the multiverse saga and phase and the end of phase six, the end of the Kang, whatever the two Avengers movies are, at the end, the beginning of phase seven as we know it is a rebooted MCU. Starts all over again. Ask me then. There's so much that got to happen between now and then. Ask me then. I may be so sick of all this shit that I don't want it to carry yeah, forward. Exactly. I'm like, yeah. Eh, hit the reset button, bitches. We're Start over. Bring back, bring back Marvel Iron Man. Game, yeah, bring back Iron Man. Uh, Marvel, right. book this one. I'm going to start over and see what happens Fuck. when we do the fucking British version of Captain America. Yes. <laughs> yes. By the way, Brian Braddock is coming. Don't don't be surprised well, if it's sooner rather than later. Yeah. I, I mean, my my thoughts on this are like, see, and I still don't think, I still am specul- or skeptical that Kang is the big bad, but... I don't know. I still, I'm still hoping Doctor. Who Doom. do you think it could Doctor be? Doctor Doom, man. Doctor Doom is is could over be. Kang. I don't think so. I don't know, man. I, I think they're hiding the ball. I just I just feel like they're hiding the ball, like they did with uh, with Thanos, where they did diversionary stuff to make you think it's Ultron, it's this, it's it's Loki, it's this, it's the other, and then it all. Oh, it was him all along. It was me, Austin, all along. But if I could, if I could respectfully, Vince is going to show up at the end of Secret Wars. <laughs> <laughs> if I can respectfully It was me, Avengers! It was me all along! Throughout, throughout the entire Avengers movie, Thanos was in the movie, and Loki was clearly working for Thanos. Thanos gave him the scepter. So Dave, we knew Thanos... Well, we knew Thanos was pulling strings the entire time. Sort of. Dave's saying... I'm going to quote Dave on Twitter right now. I'm going to quote... Dave's saying Vince, Vince is gonna needs be the big WWE bad. to go to Marvel <laughs> Yes, he's not all elite. He's Pal. just Marvel. Yeah, exactly. breaking news. Vince is Thanos. So I, I don't know. I mean, maybe Ray. I, I know Thanos was there in the background, but it's like you didn't get like even like watching like Civil War where Vision saying, "I have no idea what this fucking thing is in my head. I know it's not from this world." You know, it was the Infinity Stones that kind of evolved, and then it wasn't until oh gee. But I mean, if you go back and watch phases one through three they dropped all sorts of hints that you just didn't realize at the time that you go back and say oh, shit there it was right in front of me the whole i don't and i think we're more alert now and more aware in this phase to look for that sort of thing that's why we dissect every easter egg but i don't know man i i don't see how you do secret wars without dr doom i i just have my doubts well which secret wars are we talking about are we talking about the original secret wars where peter finally gets the black goo because venom we're talking the new secret wars where we need molecule man Two different secret wars. Now, Doom, Doom is going to be there. I'm not saying Doom's not going to be around. But to say he's going to be the big bad, I think Kang is going to still be on his power, and he's going to create Battle World, which is going to do all this, right? That's what I think is going to actually happen. Now, if Doom steals the power from Kang in Secret Wars, it becomes the big bad for the next phase. I Maybe I'm right with you. But I don't, I don't know. The only thing that could be bigger... If we're talking a, a, a universal threat that needs all the Avengers to come together, Thanos, only thing bigger than Thanos is Kang, because Kang can't just take, can't destroy this universe. He can destroy every universe in the history of time. Only thing bigger than that has got to be 
Galactus and the Celestials, right? Because Doom is not a universal threat. He's not. We'll see, Ray. We're getting ahead of ourselves. We just we get we got we get patience. Right? Got to get paid. Yeah, I, I, it's an what interesting is that word. I have no horse in that race. There's an interesting question that's been asked repeatedly about why no one's ad- addressing this big giant celestial in the ocean <laughs> so far in any of these Marvel shows. Uh, no one knows. I, I assume we're going to get to that eventually. But let's let's shift gears and, and close the show out by talking about stuff that we are watching that we think you should be watching. And let's lead off with She-Hulk. Episode one debuted this week. We all watched it. Patrick O'Dowd gave us express permission to talk about this show. And I'll just say, love the episode. It's great that, you know, you get to see that, that Jen Walters is in control of her ability to transform and maintain her, her identity the whole time. And I love, you know, you know, Mark Ruffalo, Bruce Banner, just being so jealous about that. The She-Hulk Hulk throwdown on the island was great. That doesn't end until they destroy the bar. I thought they did a great job with the origin story. They got the key points out there. Here's why she was created. Here's how she was created. That's all. It's five minutes. Basically, that's it. And you know, and then it's about her training all that thing. Um, and then of course the flow chart about was Captain America a virgin or was he not? You know, that's uh, that's a big deal. And but here's the thing. Before I kick it over to you guys to say what your thoughts were. The most important part of that episode, in my opinion, Ray, is two seconds. Sakaar and warship on Earth. What the? I f- knew you were going there. Fuck is that? And and they just kind of—it's there. It causes it. the accident, and then they just put it to the side. That's the most oh, important they, part of they that talk episode. About it, but they talk about it. He he mentions Bruce talks it. About it. He though. mentions it, but they don't. Yeah, he, he mentions says, it. They're gonna have to figure I that out. Figure that some, out. We're gonna have to figure here's it here's the thing. At some point. And here's the thing That's I wanted coming. to throw out to not Ray. Here. Not not in this series. So, right. Not sorry, that, well, yeah. maybe. And that's Ray. So, I know he's got his head in his hands because he knows. No, he knows they're going. I mean, this adds a lot of credibility to the World War Hulk, Planet Hulk sort of uh, story arc, doesn't it, Ray? As it, much as you don't want to admit happening. it. On Red Hulk? It's happening. It's well, Red Hulk's gone since William Hurt is dead. They, I don't think they'll bring it back. Oh? No, no, I don't. I don't probably think not. Probably do that. Marvel. Marvel has shown that if a character die, if a if an actor dies while playing a character, they won't recast the character. They've kind of shown that. Um, will they? Will that change? I don't know. But William Hurt has been with them since the very second movie. You know. But I mean, honestly, is Red Hulk um, critical at this man, point? Probably not. No, you, no, especially with you bringing back Abomination. Now, if you're going to do something, bring back the leader. Let's see what happened with that, Sam Stearns. But anyway. Fucking Sakaar. Like, look, I'm I'm here for more Grandmaster, dog, right? Like, Jeff Goldblum is fantastic. But fucking Sakaar, man. Like, I do not want to see World War Hulk. Say that again. Say fucking Sakaar one more time. Just listen to, listen Sakaar, to his voice. Man. The, the disappointment and anger and hurt all wrapped into it. One it, more time. I just knew immediately when I saw the damn ship. I was just like, my worst fears have come to fruition. I just um I um too much has happened, and look I will never doubt Kevin Feige and Marvel. Those guys over there are just geniuses on the level that will not be understood until a hundred years after they're dead. They just the things that they've been able to do. But I just everything that you could make World War Hulk to be can, will not be because it's all everything has everything has already happened. Like why I just. 
Oh, God, my head hurts, bro. Could it be something they tell in flashbacks in a story in a season of something? Or I mean, cool. If, so if they if they call it World War Hulk, but it's not the World War Hulk story, I can rock with that. I feel like the Sakaar. I feel like they're there to probably kidnap Bruce, take him back to Sakar, turn him back into that warrior, and to do that, they're going to have to get rid of this whole Smart Hulk sort of uh, split and tap into his primal, basal, what made the Hulk the Hulk, and that's probably how you're going to see this whole thing go sideways, Ray. That's my guess. But that kills the point. The entire point was the Illuminati banished him because he did crazy shit here. Right? And then his and then he had a he found a woman, got a Hulk pregnant, had a baby Hulk, they got killed. And like no, none of the like okay, if you want to play the part where where Hulk got a got a Sakarian woman pregnant and like they're coming back to put him on trial for child support or something. Okay, that would be funny. I can see that could be the catalyst for the story. And Jen's got to defend him on Sakar. <laughs> that would be fantastic. That would be good. Actually. But n- nothing, nothing makes sense. It doesn't make any sense. And what can you do to to devolve him after he spent five plus years evolving to Smart Oak? It just doesn't make any sense from the story ticks that they have spent a decade plus building up to. There's other Hulk stories you can bring, dog. Like, you won't have to have this one. They've got some sort of plan. But I think the second that warship showed up, I think it was like, oh, okay. Yeah, World War Hulk's in play now since they're there on Earth yeah. looking for him. Uh, you're, uh, he at least going back to Sakaar. Yeah, that's happening. Either either willingly or against his will, he's going back to Sakaar. Tony, your thoughts on She-Hulk? I know we're getting deep down the river of uh, possible future shows, but... Uh, what did you think of this first episode of She-Hulk? And and I mean, our, I, we all loved it, I'm sure. What what were your thoughts on this? I supremely enjoyed it. I thought it was excellent. Um, I can't wait for the next episode. If it was released on a different streaming service all in its entirety, I would have watched the whole fucking thing yesterday. Um, it was that good. I I love the breaking of the fourth wall. I love the Deadpool aspect. That's awesome. Good for her. Good for her they to use that as a tool. They both look at you and like, wait, what? And then they look at you again. That's it, it, awesome. Well, the first time she did it, she was almost confused by it. I'm like, okay, you got me now. Now you got me. Um, you're doing it at the right time. You're doing it the right way. A uh, way that you don't often see it. Uh, but it's just, it's different. It's different. And it's going to and it's gonna give us little nuanced uh, secrets to what's going to happen in the future. It did it right away. You can't tell me that's going to stop. Nine episodes. This is a Marvel sitcom. It's a fucking comedy. If you don't like it, then it's not for you. So move on. I put out a poll. Gave it 24 hours. I said, She-Hulk. That's it. Awesome. Good. Not for me. Or bad. We got 27 votes. 30% of the people said awesome. And 30% of the people said not for me. 26% said good. And 14% said bad. I would love to see what the poll looks like after this series is over and in the middle of the series, because I think if people give it a chance, this is going to be a really good character. And, and the actress playing this character, I can't remember her name right now. Um, Tatiana Maslany. Yeah. Thank you. She's excellent. Uh, I can't wait for the next one. It's the same. Is there a better compliment? No, I think that's, that's a great compliment. Ray, uh, other than, your issues with the Sakarans and all that fucking Sakar. 
um, you know, why if you were to sell somebody like Tony's talking, there's 30% of the people out there said not for me, but those 30% who are saying it's not for me, how would you sell them on this show and why should they be watching it? Okay. I would tell you this. It's an MCU uh, comedy. That is a variety show that has almost has a ton of cameos from major characters. And it has a character who's even better than the Hulk was. There you go. That's odd. Yeah. Right. But it's, but it's ironic. Um, what I love about the show is what people hate about the show. What I love about the show is that basically Jen is better than Bruce. And, and, but the reason people hate it is because a woman is better than a man. That's, I think, where a lot of the, 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 the disdain is coming from is that the Hulk is the strongest out there. And Jen's like, no, I'm stronger. And Hulk's been training his for five years and got this big ass binder about the, the yeah. a day. I figured it out. I got it. Yeah. I, got, I, figured, I worked it all out on my <laughs> you know, own, Bruce. Uh, I, 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 I snapped the entire universe back and my arms been messed up for five years. Well, you, I got some of my blood in you. I, well, my arms healed in the day. Like, it's, I love that. Right. Um, that, that, I think that's fantastic. I, and I love how you mentioned Deadpool with the fourth wall thing. This, I'm sure this is a, a, a test for Feige to see if that works. That kind of, I, that kind of cinema, cinematography works in the MCU. But I also love the fact that number one, what I love about it most, which is why I was so excited for the Hawkeye show, Hawkeye fan notwithstanding, is I think the most interesting sub- superhero stories are when they're not working, when they're just being themselves. The Matt Fraction Hawkeye comic series is my favorite of all time, not because that's what made me a Hawkeye fan. It's because it's all about when he's not an Avenger. And it's so interesting to see how it happens. The fact that she's like, oh, I got to go to work. Mm-hmm. But you're a Hulk. You got to save the universe. Eh, but I got to go. To, I got a trial. I got to go to work. That's dope to me. And after she knocks out Titania with one punch, and then she puts her heels back on, she's like, I'm ready to give my open my closing that, argument. That now. felt like remember in, I, in the dark night where Harvey Dent's questioning that one guy and he pulls a gun on him and, and they disarm him and he's like, But Your Honor, I'm not done with my questioning. You know, that it, it felt kind of like <laughs> so good. that sort of moment yeah. there. Um I and I love yeah. I love what you said. Here's the biggest the biggest question I have coming out of this whole episode. Who did Cap sleep with in 1943? Which girl on the on the on the fucking tour did he did he bang? I mean, Captain there, America so fucks. There's a, so, Jaja Gabor. There's a picture. <laughs> everybody, Jaja and Gigi. Everybody, go look up James Gunn's um, Twitter. There's a picture of one girl that Cap was talking to in Captain America: The First Avenger on the USO tour, and James Gunn said. It was Peter Quill's grandma. Oh, shit. Wow. This is, I mean, getting deep down the rabbit hole. Captain America fucks? Who did he fuck? <laughs> See, and, and my wife didn't oh, want to accept My Peter, wife watched it. Quill's grandpa. Is yeah. he really Quill's grandpa? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, my if God. He, if he let swimmers swim. Wow. My wife was I, I trying to. My wife was that. trying to sort it all out, trying to figure it out. I was like, well, there were girls coming up to him backstage in Captain America First Avenger. Maybe he just said, you know, instead of getting some of that life that Tony was talking about, maybe he had to get a little bit of ready, Tony. No, I'm not going to say it. Anyway, I, I was going to say it. Can you gonna... imagine if Steve was trying to get at Peggy and he was an absentee dad the whole time? Wow. <laughs> wow. 
I wanted to talk about. <laughs> oh, oh man, virtuous Rogers. Huh? I know, man. <laughs> All right, we're going to keep this a little bit PG, but not much. Um, I wanted to di- I did want to talk about a couple other things that are out there. I don't know. Have you guys seen Sandman yet? Ray hasn't seen. I'm going to make the pitch for it because Patrick and I have watched it, so I don't know if Pat's done with it yet or not. But I will say this. It is a tremendous show based on an excellent comic from DC Comics. And I will say one thing I did want to point out. You know, Ray made the point about Fans kind of shitting on She-Hulk, some of them because, oh, woman did it better than a man. Dude, that is so prevalent with some of the review bombing that has gone on with Sandman. Because I know that the reviews are getting bombed by insecure, racist, homophobic, white men. And that's what it is. And and because, oh my God, there's too much homosexuality in here. All right, so what? Um, They didn't have to make this character uh, a, a different color. They didn't have to make her a different race. They didn't have to do this. It shouldn't have been a female. Have you read the fucking comics at all? It, it's a great story, and, and it's just done so well. Patrick and I absolutely love the story, love the show. Um, and on top of that, it, it did well enough that out of nowhere, they and there were rumors that it was coming, but now they've given us a bonus episode. And it's like, wow, you know, I thought episode 10 was done. And then yesterday, I think on Netflix, bang, a bonus episode shows up. That's giving fan service. Um, I, you know, I, I read the first book, and, and, and now I'm like, I got to read the rest of this stuff. But it is a tremendous show. Hopefully, you guys take the time to watch it. That is my pitch for something that you should be watching. I want to ask, have you guys seen Prey as well? Ray? So you guys know, notoriously, Slip Apnea, I'll watch something I love and fall asleep on it. So I started it. I watched like the first 30 minutes before I fell asleep. And it the first 30 minutes I saw looked fantastic. But the two main characters, and forgive me for not remembering their names. I know they are legitimately like like 100% Native American, First Nations, whatever you want to call that group. And they've never acted before. They killed it from what I, from what I was able to see before it got kind of deeper into the movie. I will be watching it again. I just there's so much to watch, like you've mentioned. Um, but I, but I love diversity matters, right? And it matters because there are stories that can be told that will that you could have never seen had you only seen one group of stories from one group of people. If all we saw was stories from white heterosexual Judeo-Christian men, you can't see interesting different things so to see the history of the predator one of the most four one of the foremost movie monsters we've seen in the past 30 years and to think of the idea of well when did he first come to earth it definitely wasn't against white folk and to see that play out is i think it's a dope idea and clearly it has gotten fantastic reviews. I want to touch on that, Ray. There's a healthy debate going on, even amongst like, you know, my my wife, my nephew. There's a healthy debate going on out there as to whether Prey is actually better than the original Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Wow. There's a lot of people like my nephew says, I think it's better than the original. My wife watched it. I've started it and then I had to stop to do something else. I want to finish it. My wife has watched the whole thing. She goes, I won't go so far as to say it's better than the original. But it's awesome. And people saying this should be Predator 2, even though it happens before the first Predator. So chronologically, that doesn't work. But I, I get 
where people are going with it. But yeah, I mean, this is the, not a story that could be told effectively using white actors, for lack of a better term. Um, but the fact that this movie, they got released for free. If you have a Hulu membership, you got it, baby. And it was free. Not a movie that hit the theaters. I mean, I'm sure Regal Cinemas is like, damn, that would have helped us out a little bit. But mm. um, the fact that it got released for free on Hulu and is now, I mean, all of us saw the first Predator. I think all of us hold it in a certain level of regard and esteem as one of the greatest sci-fi movies of its genre, of its decade, of its era. And so for the debate to actually be going on that this is better than that is really eye-opening for me it's and i think that's all the all the reason you need stuff you should be watching that you haven't yet you got to watch prey tony i i I know you haven't seen it yet but knowing that this conversation which is look it up you'll see a lot of people talking about this what do you think about that no i i agree i've seen multiple previews and i have hulu so at some point i'm going to watch it because i seen their the first one in the theater as young as i was um i think it's interesting because this has been done so well from what I can tell as far as what other people have said and what I've seen as far as the previews is that I think it's going to, you're going to get the next timeline of something in the near future of what just happened. And maybe we run that all the way up till the original one, you know, and, and that could be a really interesting thing to see how the evolution actually happened to the original. Yeah, but does but doesn't it make sense why the damn predator keeps coming to Earth? Because the first time he came, these people with sticks and stones and fucking arrows and arrowheads were were like putting it to him. Well, I think the thing is, is the the predator is 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 DNA is to hunt, and there are multiple competitive hunts right here. Yeah, he's at his core a hunter. And if you look at, right. if he doesn't want to take... wanna be, he doesn't want the goat on the chain. He doesn't. He wants to. He wants to earn it, right? Well, think mm-hmm. about think about humans. When and I'm not a hunter. I mean, I've hunted a few times in my life. I hated it because I'm an animal lover. But when you think about it, there's mm-hmm. a big difference between going out and fucking hunting squirrels or rabbits as opposed to going yeah. bear hunting or big game safari. No, let's, we let's are put it this way. we are I, the big I game think... for the for him. No, but okay. I think it's a different comparison. I think there's a big difference between going out into um, unsecured land, scouting it out, figuring it out, and we'll just use deer hunting and getting your deer, as opposed to going on a farm and having a guy take you out there and go, yep, we got them all over. You sit here and he comes and now you pull the trigger, right? Predator doesn't want that. He wants to come and do his own rec- recon and make his own shit That's happen right. because otherwise right. it's like a wild animal. These lions in the zoo, they don't. The, the, let's go here. Let's go Jurassic Park for you nerds. I, I the dinosaur didn't want. Dinosaur didn't want the fucking goat on the chain, bro. Wanted to hunt. Wanted to hunt. Um, before we cut out of here, I know we could talk about prey, but you guys, are you guys watching anything that's out there that that maybe's flying under the radar that you think people need to be watching this show? Uh, hey, go. Tony's nodding his head. I'm going to turn it over to you first, my man. Yeah, it's 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 sports related. Uh, there is a real life documentary on the Lakers, and it's on Hulu as well. And uh, the third episode will drop late tonight. Uh, they're kind of doing a Sunday HBO thing, but the first two are out the first week, and it's interviews with the Lakers and the actual people in the organization. And it's 
just as good as the Showtime thing on HBO, and it gives you a realistic sense of what's happening there. So even if you're just a business fan, it's a really cool episode and a real cool series. Ray, you got anything you're checking out? Go ahead. Two things real quick on Netflix real fast, and they're, they're new stuff that just came out in the past week or two, so you can't miss it. Number one, speaking of documentaries, the Untold series that they're doing on Netflix, every one of them is amazing. Um, they had the one of Christy Martin in her life. They had the one, um, sh- I can't remember the first one. That was like the biggest one. It's just my mind. But they did one on Menta Teo and the whole catfishing and the whole story behind it. Amazing two hours. Split into two parts, too. Secondly, if you like if you like fun comedies, action comedies, and you fuck with vampires, if you go watch Daybreak with Jamie Foxx, Dave Franco, and Big John, a.k.a. Snoop Dogg. It, Bro, that was so fun. Snoop, Snoop's best acting performance by far. Ever. Not even close. He was amazing in this movie. So Tony, watched you, a, Tony watched a horror movie. Yeah, now see that's the type of horror movie I'd imagine you could watch because it's, right. it's fun. That was good. I will say this. I will throw this out there. It's another show on Netflix. I haven't watched all of it. I watched some of it. My wife finished it. Uh, I just had to move on to other things, but I want to go back to it. Uncoupled with Neil Patrick Harris on Netflix. Uh, you should. I see this it's is on my it list. is funny, man. It you will learn more about Grinder than you ever game. probably wanted to know as a straight man. You're going to be like, damn, I didn't know that was going on, but okay. But it is a super funny show. I mean, Neil Patrick Harris just absolutely kills it. But it's uh, it, it, it's so relatable whether, you know, your sexual orientation doesn't matter. There are aspects of the show that is going to be relatable to anybody who's ever been in any sort of relationship. You're just going to be like, oh, shit. Yeah, that sounds real familiar. Check that out. It's NPH. You can't really go wrong. Guys, that's going to do it. Go ahead, Ray. I'm sorry. Just by the way, real fast, just speaking of diversity, it's not out yet, but... Um, Billy Eichner got the movie coming out called Boys, where uh, uh, it's Boys or Bros, whatever it is. But it's it is it is 100% for the LGBTQ community. Um, that's the type of shit I think needs to be supported because I guarantee you, if that movie don't do well, you ain't seeing that shit in theaters ever again. Mm-hmm. Not for a minute. Diversity matters, man. So and there and a lot of the best a lot of the best shows out there right now. I mean, we've talked about it here. Sandman dealing heavily with issues that you know are dealing with diversity. Prey, uncoupled, all these shows, good stuff. Guys, thank you so much. I think this was an excellent episode. We touched a lot, covered a lot of ground. Before we let you go, let people know where can they check you out and where do we send hate tweets to this week? PC Tunny, lead us away. Where are we sending our hate tweets to this week? To add the real C Platt, um, <laughs> you can follow me at PC Tony on Twitter and Facebook. Please continue to listen to everything Chairshot Radio Network. And remember to enjoy your day the Chairshot way by always using your head. Ray, if people hate what you said today, where should you? Where do you want them to send their hate tweets to? Well, I want you to tweet, if you will, to uh, the Twitter account at PodfatherMags. Mags is my nickname that I use online. Um, you know, yeah, just tell me how much you hate me there. You know, so you're I, that I, horrible podcaster like... named Mags. Huh? <laughs> Love you, Magsy. Uh, shout out yeah. to Techers. Shout out to Techers. Shout out to everything Mags is doing. You know, he's on me and him. It's crazy. Me and him took went on hiatus about the same time, and like 
two thirds of the shows or content was like, yep. I mean, Tony does every damn show practically, literally. Um, but yeah, I'm at this for cash. R A Y is Mysterio C A S H as in dollars. But like Biggie said, don't follow me. I don't need your I don't need your pity follows. I don't need them. Yeah. Um, for me, if you want to hate tweet me, I think it's best that you just send it to at it's me DPP. Um, you know, because that's where that's where really he's he's the where where you gotta go. But if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at attitude ag, that's at attitude agg, Facebook.com slash attitude regression. Also, please make sure you are following the show at bandwagon nerds. We will be back next week to talk more about Umbrella Academy, maybe even slip in a little bit more She Hulk. What's that, Tony? You can also follow Patrick at Wrestling Realist. We didn't want to give him. He, he's got I enough give on him his, the comic courtesy. <laughs> so come on. <laughs> that's See, right. I'm going to be. I'm going to be saved from booming. Yeah, that's right. He, he. Well, you know, Pat. You never know whether he wants the attention or not. So that's that's kind of the way he's low oh, profile wow. sometimes. But yeah, oh, at wow. Wrestling Realist. There's how I don't even know how do you spell it. R, uh, there's something missing. W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G. No I in wrestling. Got it. But there is an I in wrestling. Until next week, you nerd fans of all kinds, make sure you get out of the basement, get a little bit of sun, check out some of these great shows. Check out Sandman. Check out Prey. By all means, check out She-Hulk. And remember, Captain America... Rogers is not a virgin. He lost his virginity to a girl in 1943 on the USO tour. Yes, I knew it. You're not drunk? Captain America! For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.